You are listening to Practical and Woo by Mindset and Manifest. I'm your host, Eden, and I'm so excited to offer you this bonus series called the Collaboradabra Series. This side series is a forum for us to meet interesting guests with unique perspectives and gifts discovered from lived experiences that are both practical and woo. Let's dive in. On this episode of the Collaboradabra series, I'd like to introduce you to Dana Sardano. In January of 2015, Dana felt inspired to pick up a paintbrush for the very first time since her childhood. This moment was the catalyst for what then became a major shift in her career and an experience that marked the precise moment that she followed her soul's calling. A couple of years later, in 2017, Dana decided to retire from her long-standing career in education, and she committed to fully embracing herself as an artist. Dana expresses that it was of the highest importance to become a role model for her daughters. She desired to teach them the importance of listening to your soul's purpose by following your bliss. Since then, Dana has opened Ubuntu Fish Gallery in Stewart, Florida, which is an art gallery and social hub for like-minded creatives to network and find community. She has also co-founded Phenom Publishing and the website finduniquelyyou.com. And she has authored several books for both adults and children. Dana is an advocate for courageously taking that leap of faith towards fulfillment and purpose. Her energy is exuberant, and I'm so excited for you to hear our Collaboradabra. Hello, Dana. Thank you so much for joining us on the Collaboradabra series hosted by Practical and Woo podcast. I'm so excited and so happy to have you here for our conversation. How are you? I'm good, Eden. I'm good. And I'm excited too. You know, we were just talking about that. I'm like, yeah. I know. I just love your energy so much. And, and your story is so inspiring how you were able to take yourself from being a full-time educator into a full-time artist, into a full-time creative entrepreneur. And I would absolutely love to start off this conversation by having you share your origin story of how you came to this moment right now. Okay, I'm going to do my best to be succinct. We'll just start there. <laughs> but uh, but just to give you a little background about me, like you said, I was a career educator. I um, I my background had nothing to do with art. My degree was in special ed. Um, my I rounded out my career as a director of student development in a um, private um, uh, college preparatory high school. And uh, so everything I did was in the humanities, English, history, but everything I did was about the child's wellness from both perspectives, behavioral and academic. So that's what I did. I was a career woman. I had my children a little bit later in life. So everything was about, I was a director of student development, whatever the hell that means. But somewhere, uh, and to exactly um, 2015, I'm like trying to like think of exact dates, but January 2015, I picked up a paintbrush for the first time by happenstance. And when I did that, it awoke something within me that I didn't understand at the time, but I knew that it felt good and I had to paint. And I mean, I've been painting ever since. I'm happy to answer any questions. I don't want to give you every single detail about how I quit my job and how I did the art festivals and how I painted in the woods, but, uh, but that's really what brought me here. Oh, that's wonderful. And I know that we spoke a lot about what it feels like to write, leave a career of 20 something years, picking up that paintbrush and then moving forward on like your own life path. Like how did you feel about that change making? So, so I give you a little bit more detail. So, you know, again, I'm this career educator and I say it that way because it really was my identity, you know, and I also uh, tutored for like the college prep exams, like the SAT, ACT. I don't know how it works in Canada, but in this, do you, do you guys take college exams? Like not SATs, right? We don't do SATs. 
we don't really have entrance exams like that no not in Canada it's only okay. for past like to go to law school and like gotcha so the post know. the post but a, a lot of Canadian students students take the SATs just be just in case they want to go to college to an American school yeah exactly so but it's a really big deal it's a really big deal in the United States. So like, you know, kids, they get tutors. Anyway, so this is what I was doing. And then one Friday night, um, I said to my husband, we had a babysitter. My kids were really young. I was like, why don't we go to one of those painting with a twist classes? And he, you know, like women drink wine and like they paint the elephant or the palm tree or whatever it is. And he was like, no, nah. he's like, I'm not going to go hang out with a bunch of ladies and drink wine, but I'll take you to Michael's, you know, to the local craft store, buy anything you want. We'll paint at home. So when I had done that and it shifted something in me, and this is to answer your question, when I, I would go to school every day after that, and then I would come home and I would put, you know, put the kids to bed. I would put the dining, the sheet on the dining room table and I would paint and I would go to school and I would like hang my paintings in my office, similar to what you're seeing behind me. I would give paintings away. And after about a year of this, six months to a year of this, I realized I could no longer do what I was doing there when I knew that I could do this behind me. And um, going in, so I started painting January, 2015, by the summer of 2016. So going into the 2016, 2017 school year, I went to my principal and to my head of school. And I was like, you got me for another year, I'm out. So how did that feel? Well, it was scary but not scary at the same time, which is really interesting because it was the only thing I knew I could do. I was making six figures and I went to my husband and said, I need to quit my job. And we were both doing really well. And we lived the lifestyle of people doing really well. And he was like, well, if you're going to leave your job, um, we have to sell the house. Like, I guess thinking that would scare me off a little bit. You know, we had just remodeled the house. We lived by the beach in Fort Lauderdale, like the whole nine. I drove the fancy car. He's like, you're going to have to give me the keys to your fancy car. So I gave him the keys to the car. We put the house on the market. We moved out into the woods and I painted my little heart out. And I make it sound so like romantic, but <laughs> he was having a nervous breakdown. He was deported. oh my gosh so what I'm hearing you say and that's it I'm celebrating you for going after your very obvious soul calling and I know that it led yeah. you to creating an environment for artists to meet collectively and from there in supporting and empowering you know people finding their ultimate truth their bliss following their passions, their dreams, and coming together as a collective. And I think all of that is are such robust visions. And I would love within the span of this conversation for you to be able to highlight all, all of that. Um, all of it. <laughs> yeah, your books. What I'm hearing you say, what I'm feeling is that you had this like intuitive urge. And yes, the fear was present, but there was more certainty that still continued to drive you forward. And I think that's such an important thing to highlight for people, especially type A personalities who are trying to do everything that they're supposed to be doing and then ultimately end up being successful in those things or even not being successful in those things and wondering either what is wrong with me? Why can't I get there? Or wondering why isn't this enough for me? And to hear you actually have the courage and the conviction to follow that little feeling, the voice, the feeling, however it, it showed up for you is so inspiring to showcase to others and also to see you on now the back end of this growing business and an initiative. So I think ultimately the thing that I want to highlight based on your share so far is if there is fear, there will always, there's always going to be fear in taking that jump in that step, but it there's also certainty. And I remember when I was applying for law jobs, like I literally felt like I was being held by a noose, like around my neck. Like there was yeah. such constriction around my throat. If you are feeling any kind of sensation of that nature, to me, it means that your soul is crying out or your intuition is crying out that that is not the path that you are meant to go on. And you do not have to suffer 
in order to learn. That's what I thought. I was like, you know what? I don't necessarily want to be a lawyer forever. I already knew that, right? I already knew. I don't want to be a lawyer forever, but maybe I'll go and I'll do these really hard things for a while so I can just like feel what it feels like to be a lawyer so that I can help lawyers and I can help people. And I was, (laughs) my soul was like, wrong way. (laughs) You don't have to, like, right? Like, whoever's guiding us is like, yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm noticing your sound is cutting out a little bit. So maybe a little, a little tech help on this end, you know, power How's podcast. That? Oh, that is, ooh, got it. It's an SASMR vibes. There we go. I'll give you some uh, little, little velvetiness. I am, I am, I'm a yeller. Clearly you picked up on that by nature. I yell when I'm happy. I yell when I'm angry. I just yell. So I think that that's what's happening here. So I'm going to do my best to keep it smooth and velvety lean into the mic. There we go. You know what? I don't need my keyboard. So we're going to put that on the floor. Put the the mic directly in front of me. Ah, how's that? That is sexy. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know. It just comes so naturally. But I I do want to comment on on everything that you just said, because I just felt so seen and understood because you have such a deep and profound understanding for what motivates people in general, what has motivated you, and the understanding that um, we really need to listen. You said the sensations in your body. We really need to listen to our emotional guidance and our physical guidance. It is here to tell us what direction to move. And we, oh my goodness, who's reading my book? <laughs> I just said I wouldn't yell. What was that? Twelve seconds. No, ago? that was for, now I'm that, It came through. It came through. It came through clearly. That's beautiful. Oh my God, that's great. But but it's true. <laughs> like we feel as, as a human race, like I'm just going to speak for all of us collectively, the, the vast majority of us feel um, powerless and we feel like we have to look outward um, to either be saved or to have our needs fulfilled or for guidance or whatever it is. And every single one of us, regardless of the circumstances that we were born into, I don't want to get into the choices of that. That's for another conversation. But every single one of us was born with an internal GPS. We have an internal GPS. If I pick up this coffee and it tastes gross, then that is telling me that don't drink any more of that. Have some water. If I meet you and I get an ick, that's telling me something ain't right here. And maybe this person isn't in your best interest or a circumstance. You said you wanted to be a lawyer or you you uh, sought to be a lawyer and you felt a noose. Oh my God. And what people don't understand, just to take it a step further, is the physical guidance, you know, like your stomach flips or the hair stands up on your arms or whatever, or when we have um, uh, alerts, like for example, I'm on the computer too long, I'll get a migraine. But what do most people do? They take a pill and they stay on the computer. The migraine is alerting you that you're doing something that that isn't in your best interest. And then it, it could snowball into greater maladies. And I just want to punctuate that whole point with... When I was 25 years old, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer and, um, and I had the surgery and the the radiation and all of that. And, um, I understood at 25 and didn't have the basic understanding that I have now, but at 25, I understood because I was so stifled my whole life. I wasn't allowed to say what I wanted, be who I wanted. Everything was, it was just a stifling of my my throat chakra, if we want to go in that direction. And the stagnant energy, the stifled energy, it creates maladies in our body. You have stomach problems, look at your solar plexus. You know what I'm saying? You have headaches, oh, yeah. look at your crown and third eye, you know? And and again, I don't want to go like right into woo, <laughs> but, uh, but here I am. But, but thyroid cancer, as a result of, I was not 
allowed or I was not celebrated for being the most authentic version of myself, mm-hmm. period. Mm, I'm so glad that you were able to complete that journey with that dis-ease and, and find your expression so clearly. Um, <laughs> before you were apologizing, right, for the yelling of your voice yeah. or the but I, I'm noticing that your voice is an additional artistic expression and is part of you. So I am celebrating the art that comes out of your hand and your mind and the art that comes out of your your voice as well. Oh, I just love you, Eden. <laughs> oh, you can, we, we need to hang out all the time. <laughs> so yes, I did pull out Dana's book just for the audience. This is 10 Recommandments for Personal Empowerment. I believe this is book one of two. If I... One of two. And and just because it's on my desk, this is kind of embarrassing. I just so happen to have its follow-up right here. <laughs> and it's cute because they're very similar. Like they look very similar, but this is really, you could read this one without reading that one, but they really are the one-two punch for sure. For so sure. I haven't finished it candidly, but I do love how, um, I do love how honest and authentic you are in it, in expressing yourself and your story, your journey. The page, the earmark is literally on the recommandment. I shall trust my emotional guidance system and rely <laughs> on this information to inform me of what I don't want in order to direct me to what I do want. <laughs> oh so, my God, it's great. That's where I got excited where you're talking about the inner guidance system. And yes, I completely agree. And, and I noticed that our society really does put a damper on our ability to have access to understanding our emotions and often consider emotions as nuisances or things that are problematic or that you need to get control of, especially with women. If you look at the disempowerment around women, it largely has to do with shame around certain emotions that women can or cannot express. And the truth is, is that our ability to express as men, women, and everybody in between um, is that ability to learn how to develop a trust with yourself and learn how to properly live a life properly or like follow the path of a life Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. is bringing you home to your true authentic self where you can be a complete expression of who you are asking to be or who you were meant to be in this life yeah how does that resonate with you Oh, everything that you say 100% resonates. And just to put a a finer point on what you said, um, again, it goes back to if it feels good, it's that simple. If something comes easy to you and it feels good, that is alerting you. Again, your emotional guidance system, right? It's alerting you to do more things like that. But we, because of, again, societal conditioning, um, uh, dysfunctional, you know, family dynamics, whatever it is, we have been implicitly and explicitly conditioned to numb our emotions, like you said, to stifle or ignore our emotions or to feel shame in our emotions. So, and and as we develop, do you mind if I go full chakras on this for a second? Go full chakras. Right, Maybe full explain chakras. explain chakras and then of go course. full chakras. Of course. <laughs> I actually wrote prior to 10 recs and decoding the woo-woo, I wrote um, what I called a children's book. It's called Veda Finds Her Crown, it, but it's actually for everybody. It's like a Disney movie. Like, you know, you go with the kids and the kids like think the cartoons are cute. And the parents are laughing at all the jokes and, you know, so, it, and I actually teach a workshop on Veda to educators, to adults, to adolescents, to the whole thing. But Veda talks about um, our chakras and the development of our chakras. And if you're familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, you, you know, you have the pyramid and you have like the, the needs, like basic physiological needs, you know, food, clothing, shelter, the need for acceptance, the need for love, the, yeah, and then all the way up to self-acceptance. The chakras are energy centers in our bodies. And they, they begin with the root, which is from basically from your butt down. Like, and it's, uh, I don't want to do like a whole thing. because like, I mean, I could talk about chakras for hours, but it's, it's represented in red. The next one is your sacral chakra. Oh, excuse me. The root is about your feelings of safety and security and grounding. Your sacral chakra 
is uh, represented in orange, and that's in your your um, your nether regions, <laughs> your uterus, your you know your 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 sacred parts. But that is about creativity <laughs> and passion and sexuality and and sensuality and just your your fervor for life. Your solar plexus is represented in yellow, and that's in your your abdomen, and that's about your sense of identity and your sense of confidence. Heart chakra is green, your heart area, love, forgiveness, compassion. Throat chakra, obviously in your throat, and that is not just your uh, ability to speak your truth, but your ability to set boundaries, your, your, your ability to be authentic, to truly be the best version of yourself. Your third eye chakra, which people think is like all the magic woo-woo stuff, that's really just your ability to see big picture to understand patterns, to, do, to, to create, you know, parts to a whole. And so when, so, I mean, I can get into the whole educational aspect that with kids, like with, with kids with learning disabilities and ADHD and stuff like that, this is your um, executive functioning. And that's where your third eye is. But again, like I said, I could do this for hours. And your last chakra is your crown chakra, top of your head, the crown, and that's what connects you to all self, uh, self-actualization, self-awareness, all external energy. Here is why this is important for us as human beings and for the development of our children. The resonance of these chakras, even though we have all these chakras, these energy centers in our body all the time, and sometimes it could be misaligned, sometimes it could be aligned. When they're misaligned, you'll see it in your external world right? If my throat chakra is misaligned, then my relationships, my communicative relationships are, are on the fritz. Or if my solar plexus is misaligned, then my, I'm, maybe I'm anxious or I don't have a lot of self-confidence. But the reason that these are important for the children as we develop is because the resonance of these chakras, they come online, so to speak, at certain ages. So from zero to seven, and I'm not going to go through all of them. I'm just going to give you the root chakra. <laughs> but from zero, I tell you, I could do this all day. But from zero to seven years old is when your root chakra is beginning to develop. It's got the most resonance, right? So from zero to seven years old, if you have trauma that you have not processed, reconciled, come out the other end, because we're all going to have stuff that happens to us. But some of us process these emotions, work through them when we become bigger, better, stronger. But when we don't do that, we get stuck. We get stagnant in that area. So if you have any kind of trauma, it could be as complex as, you know, your father went to the store for milk and never came back. And now you have abandonment issues at the age of six. It could be as minor as your mother was late to pick you up from daycare when you were four and you didn't understand why and you thought that she didn't love you. Right. So it could be it's it's really the effect on the child. But if the child isn't taught to work through these things, then they grow up feeling insecure, unsafe, ungrounded. And then the next chakra is resonance. And I, I promise I'm not going to get into it. But from seven to 14, your sacral chakra builds on that. So if you already have the faulty foundation where you have trauma that's not reconciled, then your sacral chakra is the same. And then your solar plexus, your sense of identity. So you see all the time adults in the world that in the moment something um, like trauma or, or something unpleasing hits, you can see, oh my God, there's a coping skill of a nine-year-old. Oh my God, there's a coping skill of a seven-year-old. There's a coping skill of a 14-year-old because it was never reconciled. So it's really, really important to teach these children how to reconcile their imbalances at a young age. That's why Veda is so important. And for adults, many of us have dysfunction that we don't even realize is dysfunction because we're surrounded by dysfunctional people because mm -hmm. we attract other dysfunctional people. And that's why books like 10 Recommandments are so important because it teaches people in a how-to format through my anecdotes, through my stories, how to reconcile those imbalances and then hopefully bring it to the children so we could have a unity conscious generation in the generations to come. Oh, I love that you your whole mission is to give back and to teach teach our children and our generations to grow. Yeah, um, I heard recently a brilliant statement that you aren't raising children you're raising adults, you're having children and raising adults. And yeah. so it's that conversation to be open, honest, and transparent about emotional integrity, 
resiliency to really showcase that yeah we can create our our reality right so neuroscience and and metaphysical studies and and quantum realms and quantum science in the zero point field and all <laughs> science is starting to get on board with what eastern philosophies and what woo woo <laughs> people yeah. have known for a long time or have intuited or or channeled yeah. that yes we it is a microcosm macrocosm experience where how we feel energetically on the inside and our lens that we wear is hol holographically being reflected back to us. And it's so fun to play in that realm. That's the whole purpose of this podcast is to showcase the practicality of that. It's not wishful thinking. It's not cliche. And there are, you know, obviously you're living a, a three-dimensional reality. And so- mm -hmm you are going to be invited to take action, but you're invited to take action that feels so delicious, even when it's scary, that that is then how you can have the fulfilling life. And it's the power that comes from moving through obstacles. So I, I read another book recently and the name is escaping me right now. I think it's like how to break loose from the money game or something like that. Mm -hmm. I have to tell you that the cover of this book looks like it's, it's a turnoff and it, it turns off a lot of people in the reviews. If you'll read, it's like, get past the cover of the book. And it's almost like the author did that on purpose. It looks like a car salesman -y kind of like graphic of like a man with his briefcase, like jumping, like it's, it's very, um, funny when you're like don't judge this book by its cover but this author goes into the experience I think his name is Robert Scheinfeld if I'm correct we, we can resource that later um he goes into this understanding that we are in a holographic universe and why would we be in a holographic universe well there's examples of why literally everywhere you look why do you go to disney world why do you go to movies why do you want to play video games it's the experience of experiencing something with your whole self and then also overcoming it winning it moving through it um enjoying it and so i think that that's really cool and I'd be interested to know from your perspective, how this ties into your learnings and your downloads and all of that. Oh my goodness. So, you know, I love that you focus on the practicality because again, there, there are two extremes, you know, and, and we had talked about this when we spoke previously, you know, you have the, again, throwing the word woo woo around, but you have the <laughs> woo and, and there's this people who are very, um, I call them the, the I dotters and the T crossers. I'm married to one, right? Like people who are very, um, meticulous, uh, <laughs> meticulous, meticulous, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine that any of the, the intuitive spirituality stuff could even be a thing because they're living in this box. Right. But on one extreme, the perception is that people are like with crystals in each hand, dancing in the moonlight, you know what I mean? Just wishing upon a star. But then on the other hand, again, you have the nine to fivers, as I say, you know, the, the, the eye dotters, the T pointers, but what people don't realize the practicality of this, if you understand that everything is energy and you understand that we are energetic beings in this physical body, taking this opportunity to experience all these amazing things in a physical form. There are difficulties that go along with this, but like you said, the overcoming of these difficulties is really the, that's the celebration. That's the victory. Are you familiar with the author, Richard Bach? I am not. Okay, so Richard Bach, he's most famous for his book called Jonathan Livingston Siegel. But the book that I loved that he wrote was called Running from Safety. And Running from Safety was about the man, probably around my age, he decided to go back and visit his nine-year-old self. You know, it's all metaphysically. Go back, visit his nine-year-old self to teach him everything that he wanted to know as an adult so he could go, so the nine-year-old could go through the life with all the wisdom of the 15-year-old, 50-year-old. You with me? Yes. 
It makes sense. Okay. But in the story, he talks about, he's, he's telling this nine-year-old all the principles in life, like principle of gardening, gardening, you reap what you sow and things like that. Right. But he talked about the principle of bowling and it's always stuck with me. So he <laughs> says, life is like bowling. You put all the pins up, you throw the, you know, you, you throw the bowling ball and you knock them down and there's like celebration in that. But the greatest of all um, obstacles is the 7-10 split. The 7-10 split is when you throw the ball and you have the two pins standing, the 7 and the 10, and it's most difficult to knock down. There's actually strategy, like you hit one into the other. It's like a whole thing. He said, but the 7-10 split is the one where it kind of separates the men from the boys. But when you get that, when you knock those pins down, everybody is with you. Everybody is rejoicing Every, because everybody benefits from the celebration of that 710 split. So the collective benefits from the individual's victory. So we come to this, I was gonna say this planet, I don't wanna get too out there, but we come to <laughs> earth, we are born into these bodies. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> I know, I, I understand the difficulty that you're having. It's tremendously because you're like, you have to try on these things in order to see how they work. And so are like, I, I feel your goal in wanting everybody to know how powerful they are Yeah, yeah. without sounding like you're going to be locked up in a loony bin. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always, yeah. my husband's like, you have to maintain the image of a solid citizen. You know that, right? I'm like, I know. I know. Meanwhile, I walk around with a shirt that says weird on it. He's like, you have to wear shoes into the grocery store. I'm like, crap. You know, I'm like a mother. I'm a business owner. I'm an author. But meanwhile, I know stuff, you know, but. So we, the 710 split. So we come into the earth. Yeah, so, so 710 split. So everybody celebrates the victory. So we come into these bodies with all of, again, the GPS. We get to feel emotions. We get to taste food. We get to listen to music. Physically, we get physical pleasures. We have all these wonderful things. We are here to experience. We are here. If you ask me, what is the purpose? Why are we here? We are here to learn, grow, and expand. And to feel joy in doing so and to express love in doing so. That's it and that's all. But instead, we get caught up with the drama and the this and the social media and the money and the jobs and the... And we get so caught up in, I, I think it is recommended too, that it's like, I will not become, um, uh, what's the word that I use? Enmeshed in my emotions? No. Uh, oh, entrenched. In, uh, entrenched. Entrenched. I, I can't even remember what I wrote. But I have I it, right? not, Yeah. <laughs> I should, oh my God, it's like I'm quoting myself and I can't even do that. But I will not become entrenched in my emotions because the emotions are here for us to understand what's good for us and what's not good for us, what serves us and what doesn't serve us. But we often become so entrenched in our emotions, right? Just as an example, and I use it in the book, if I invite my neighbors over for dinner and they're rude and they come empty handed and they do want to talk about politics and ridiculous stuff and they leave and without saying thank you, I could spend the rest of the night complaining about how my neighbors suck or I could use how I felt as an alert to, oh, these are not the kind of people that I want to hang out with. Well, what kind, mm -hmm. what do I want? Because again, you figure out what you don't want to figure out what you do want. Mm -hmm. Oh, I want to hang out with people who are generous and like-minded and kind and warm. Okay, so what do I look for? Oh, people who are kind act this way and people who are warm do these things. Oh, am I like that? Well, yes, then I want to align with people who are more like that. It's really it's as simple as just assessing who you are, what you want, what things feel like, and going with that. That's wonderful. It's, yeah, it's experience. It's all it is. Oh my gosh. Yes. I am so on board with everything that you just said. Um, also taking it one step further, if you are feeling something in response to another person, it's often that you've suppressed something in yourself or there's something that you're unwilling to look at in yourself is what I've, I've noticed as well. So it's never about the other person. <laughs> it's always about ever, you. Ever, <laughs> It doesn't mean you have to be in the same sphere as that person. Like it's not, right? 
I, I find that there's these like fine lines when you're growing into this path that like you're walking these like really fine lines. And if you go off the line, you'll, you're strong enough and resilient enough to handle it. But when I first started to recognize that it was all about me, I would often force myself into situations where I would continuously still hang out with those kinds of people and like pick at myself almost like, almost like a emotional boot camp. It doesn't have to be that way either because right. Like you said, it's about learning, growing and expanding, um, giving and receiving love. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. And so it's, it's all about joy. How are you joyously living in the, in the moment? How are you blissfully experiencing your world? And some of our audience may not be able to feel in their body right now. Like that's a common thing for a lot of people. And I know for me, numbness, if you take a moment and actually feel if when you look at something really beautiful, if it actually evokes something or a sensation, a feel, felt sense within your body, or if it does not, right, there might be some somatization that has to happen in the body. And that's a whole journey unto itself, I can tell you. But it's all about you and the key, <laughs> right? We're all the main characters. Oh my God. I tell you, firstly, you are so wicked smart. It's awesome. Aww, it's awesome. Uh, but just, just to what you were saying about the sensations, we, and we had opened with this, we are taught not only to numb ourselves, the big one, the big, big, big one is distracting the distraction of ourselves, but the self-soothing, we self-soothe with food, we self-soothe with, with booze and with drugs and with, with uh, again, social media, that kind of attention, whatever it is, we self-soothe. And so then we, we forget to feel our sensations. But if, not that we forget, we lose the ability to feel our sensations. The sensations are telling us everything because when we allow ourselves to feel and pay attention to the sensations, that we are being in that moment at that time. And the more, and I am the worst offender of somebody who reads the last page of the book, you know, before I open the book. Like I know, I want to know, I know, like I know that no, no, be here in the now. But meanwhile, I'm like, you know, what's next? You know, it's just, it's my nature. So I'm consciously having to ground myself, you know, and it could be as simple as, and again, in Veda, in the, in the book for the kids, not for the kids book, <laughs> where I say for the kids, but not for the kids, um, I talk about allowing yourself, like when you eat something, what does it feel like in your mouth? Like have these thoughts. What does it taste like? How many chews am I chewing? Like things like that. When you go outside, you know, what sounds do I hear? What does the air smell like? Like we, we don't do any of this because we're so with the phone in the hand and the, where do I have to go next? And, and all of those things take these moments. You know, what was life-changing for me is, you know, I get messages, you know, I'm in an intuitive lounge. I hang out with intuitive people. And uh, the message I had been getting for like a year was just go sit outside go sit outside. Oh yeah, I don't have time for that. Cause none of us have time for anything, right? <laughs> I don't have time for that. Go sit outside. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, meditate. And I meditate. I'm looking at my watch, you know, because we have this preconceived notion of what meditation should look like. And meditation, it's a scary word. People think you have to shove all the thoughts out of your mind. It's just being in the moment and allowing thoughts to come in and to go out, focus on your breathing. Like it doesn't have to be this big, scary thing where we're sitting cross leg like this. So go outside, go outside, go outside. So finally I was like, all right, I could go outside for 10 minutes. Remember I'm in Florida, so I can go out 12 months of the year. So I'm not all snowed in, but so I go, so in my backyard, I I'm on a preserve. So I'm facing like, like the forest essentially. So I go and I sit outside for 10 minutes and I'm like, I'm not going to meditate because that's intimidating. I can't meditate. I have too many things on my mind. I'm very busy. I'm very important, you know? And I sit there for like 10 minutes and I'm like, I'm going to close my eyes, close my eyes. I listen to the birds. I feel like opening my eyes, like no pressure. And I just stared at the trees and I did that every day for a week. And let me tell you something, my physicality felt better. 
because I was diagnosed with RA about 10 years ago and I don't take medication and I pretty much, I'm pretty much uh, pain-free for the most part. But when I overdo things, I start to get pain. So the pain started to dissipate. So then I started doing 20 minutes. Then I started closing my eyes and allowing myself to be more in the moment. I'm telling you, this practice has been life changing. Like all of my cool inspirations and, you know, ideas for things that I want to do, books that I wanted to write, paintings that I wanted to paint, they come to you because you allow yourself to be still enough to receive it. Um, highly recommend. So if meditation scares you, meditation scares you, then don't meditate. But just go sit by yourself without your phone in your hand for 10 minutes and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Breathe. 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 And you'll hear the voice of your soul. It wants to speak to you. It's actually speaking to you on the regular. You just can't hear it because you're paying attention to the dings on your phone. And nobody's judging you. I'm not judging you because I'm a worse offender, but I'm aware <laughs> of it. And I work at, it's so funny. I'm like mindfully, like mindless. Like I'm like trying to be still. For sure. And also you can have active meditations where you're walking or occupying certain parts 100%. of your body, right? Like there's not one size fits all of anything for anyone. And, and that's part of the beautiful, colorful spectrum that is the human experience. Yeah. For me at this point, so I don't have a regular practice of anything. I, I know for myself, I don't like routine. I don't, I don't like routine. So I in, put into place in my business a lot of automation, a lot of time where I'm focused on one thing and I'll do many of that one thing and then schedule it out because I know the next day I'm not going to want to do that same thing again. But I do connect to myself spiritually every day in some way or another. And for me, the variety has at this point, like I, I remember the, the contrast of when I used to close my eyes and there would just be black behind my lids, right? But now I can actually see worlds right? There's an expansiveness into a whole other dimension, essentially, is what it feels like for me. And I, I can imagine that you as an artist who hangs out at an intuitive lounge that you own, uh, <laughs> own and operate. Um, do you resonate with this? How, did, how does this land? Yeah. Be? Yeah. Well, firstly, I just want to mention that in decoding the woo-woo, again, the follow-up to 10 recs, I talk about meditation based on what you said, that it, it could be active. Like I used to run. And when I ran, there was like this meditative state. But but as far as the seeing, like the, the world within the world, when you sit with your eyes closed, I, I would call myself if I had to categorize myself I'm clairvoyant right so I clairvoyant is clear sights like the ability to see but I don't see everybody sees differently everybody's different I have friends who see in their mind's eye I have friends who see outwardly like they see spirits outwardly I don't see which is ironic because I I am a, a visual artist but I don't see like that. I see with an understanding, like see the big mm -hmm. picture. But what I started doing is like when I close my eyes, you know, some people see visions, like my friend, Angel, my friend, she, we do business together. She has visions where she follows them like dreams, but being awake and she sees where it's going. Like she sees a story, essentially. I get like, I get the worlds that you get. Like I get like a little bit of like, I can, like I'll, I'll envision a world. I think it's my, my home. We'll just leave it at that. Again, I'm a solid citizen. I'm trying to be normal, <laughs> but I can see, we'll just say, I can see where I'm from. But, uh, but I also, I get like impressions. Like I remember once seeing something like, I was like, I, I thought I saw a pyramid, but it was like an impression. I just knew that it was. And then I saw like a falcon and then just by, and I do like this, because, you know, you see them in different parts yeah, of your mind. Mine, like, mine sometimes works, it's over here. <laughs> mine works a lot like yours. I resonate. Right? It's like an impression. Yeah. And then when you sit and you just allow it to, to come to you, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, this is in Egypt. And, oh, this is about a, and then you start to get it because you're allowing yourself to just listen. For me, it's dreams. My mm. dreams, now that I'm realizing that I'm saying this, I don't like, Consciously, I don't have visions because I think I have a very busy mind. But when I'm dreaming, oh my God, dream interpretation is like my gift. Like oh, I can I tell you, I dream about other people and I could tell you like their whole story. Like it's a really cool thing. 
Oh, I love that. And I, I love dream interpretation as well there. I, I sometimes will collect in my space, certain little things that represent experiences that I've had within my subconscious or within the, the nether world, I'll call it right now to remind myself of the lesson I was being asked to learn. Once I had a dream, um, long story short, there was this hippopotamus floating in a river and I was in the river with it. And the word gangrene was coming up. It was a toxic river. And if you look up the metaphysics of the hippopotamus, it's all about like empowerment, powerful. And they're such like, they're so themselves in their own authentic truth. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, oh my God, I'm stifling my access to who I actually am. And like, if I'm not careful, like I will sever that. And so like, I got myself a little hippopotamus. It's actually a um, cigar or smoke, like cigarette uh-huh. ashtray. Like it has a big open mouth and I like filled its mouth full of gemstones. And oh it's my like, God. I love yeah. it. I love it. It's like it. an antique, like hippopotamus ashtray. It's in my space and it will remind me of that dream or that experience. Once when I was working through like somatic pro- processing, I had even a word, right. Pop into my head. And it was a part from like plumbing that I don't know how I knew that word or why I knew that word. But when I looked up the part later and I can't even remember what it was now, when I looked it up, the way that that part operates in plumbing is, was a direct correlation to the thing I was being asked to know about myself on my emotional journey. Like, Oh, that's really cool. So cool. That's really cool. And, you know, I'll tell you the, as far as dream interpretation, I got to tell you, I've gotten really, really good at it. But one of the things that people often don't realize is like, for example, if I dream about running water, right? You know, my tendency might be, or a person's tendency might be to run to a book and look it up or go on the internet and look it up. But you really have to ask yourself, I I can see looking up the part because you needed to know what that (laughs) meant. You know what I mean? But I'm talking about like symbolism. Well, what do staircases mean? And what does this mean? What does it mean to me? Yeah. And the more I started paying attention, like to my reoccurring dreams or animals, oh my God, our souls are speaking to us and call them guides, call them angels, call them whatever you want. Our soul in, 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 in a multitude of ways is trying to speak to us and guide us and warn us and realign us and all of these things through songs, through again, animals could be in your dreams, it could be, you know, in, in the wild. I once was here, this is when the gallery first opened and we were all in the front and you have no understanding of what the, ga- I'm in my office. There's a back door here and the gallery galleries at the front. And we heard a scratching and we look and there's a glass door here. There was a raccoon, no exaggeration, like knocking on the door. Like <laughs> there's a reason that raccoon came to our door. <laughs> So you have to just kind of, yeah, I swear to God, I was like, so of course the Italian in me, I'm like, we have to give it cookies. We have to feed it. Like at the time, it didn't <laughs> dawn on me that again. Oh, yes. But I'm, but our, again, our soul, the energy of our soul, the energy of the collective consciousness, it comes to us in birds. It comes to us, like I said, in songs. If something resonates with you, it's because your soul is trying to get your attention. I love Barry Manilow. I am not, I, I'm a total fan of low. I'm not embarrassed by this. I get ragged on all the time by my friends, but I, I, I have to play, I'm playing in the gallery all the time. Love Barry Manilow. I wake up with song lyrics of his in my head and, the, and I'm like, okay. Not that Barry Manilow is trying to speak to me, but my soul is speaking to me in my language. We just have to pay attention. It's there. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh my God. I'm so lit up by it all. Yes. Yes. I would love to give you an opportunity as well to talk about your wonderful intuitive lounge and and your gallery in Florida. Um, Is it Ubuntu? Is that how you pronounce it? Ubuntu. Ubuntu. So what is Ubuntu and... And why did you name your gallery that? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Do you, do we have time? Do you mind? Can I just share a little story about Ubuntu? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So Ubuntu, okay. About 10 years ago, this is before I was painting. My kids were little. My kids now are 12 and 13. So they were like right out of the wrapper. They were like this big. 
I stumbled across this story probably on social media of this anthropologist who was studying a tribe in Africa. And when he was waiting for his transportation to pick him up, to bring him back to the States, he was hanging out with some kids in the village. And he said to them, hey, let's play a game. I got some candy, you know, I had some candy bought in the city. He's like, here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna put this candy by this tree and I want you guys all to line up. And on the count of three, I want you guys to race to the tree and whoever wins gets the candy. So the kids are like, oh, great. So they all, they line up, you know, and he goes one, two, three. And on three, they all lock arms and they all run to the tree together. And the anthropologist was so taken with this. He was like, oh my God. And he goes over there. All the kids are eating the candy and they're having the best time. And he goes to one of the girls and he's like, what are you doing? Why would you do this? Why would you, if you could have, he's like, essentially, why, why would you share? And the girl looks at him and she says, Ubuntu. I am because we are. I can't be happy unless we're all happy. So mother of two little girls, I totally lost my shit. I'm like, everything is Ubuntu. This idea of this unity consciousness, this collective that we're all in this together, right? Collaboration over competition. I was like, everything has to be Ubuntu. So my kids grew up not even knowing that it wasn't a part of the general vernacular. Like if like, if my little one isn't sharing, you know, my big one will be like, Nadia is not Ubuntuing. Like everything like was Ubuntu in my house, right? If the kids did something like nice with each other, I'm like, Ubuntu, like everything's Ubuntu. So when I started painting, it was just obvious that I would call my artwork Ubuntu Art by Dana because it brought me so much joy to create it. If it brought you joy to view it, then Ubuntu, right? So go a step further, then I opened the gallery and it had to be Ubuntu because this is this place of, of unity consciousness that we're all in this together. So I won't bore you with the story of how the gallery came to be, but I connected with another woman that had a similar uh, mindset as me. We immediately became fast friends. She was a heavy intuitive and a creative artist. I was a creative artist or a heavy artist, you know, but with the intuition. And we knew a bunch of people, we knew a bunch of artists, we knew a bunch of intuitives. And like, wouldn't it be cool if we took, if we got all of our intuitive friends and all of our artist friends, because truly these gifts grow in tandem. If you're creative, you become more intuitive. If you're intuitive, you have the desire to create. So Ubuntu Fish Gallery, it's, it's really me. Like all the art is mine. You know, I do the workshops, but I bring assists from my friends who are intuitives, like my friend Anne Marie, she's a trans channel. We just did a group together where we did a, a channeling with a group of people. Um, I have a, a friend who's a psychic medium. She'll come in and do things. You know, I do my own stuff. I do, I usually combine the intuitive with the painting. Like I'll do a thing on chakras and then we'll like paint your chakra. And so we do all of that. And then my artwork, if you go to Ubuntu, it's U-B-U-N-T-U, UbuntuFishGallery.com. Oh my God, you'll see everything. My books are there, finduniquelyyou.com, um, Phenom Publishing, like all of these branches of, like you said earlier, of my mission to just assist others in realizing their power. That's all I'm doing is just saying, hey, look, I was here and now I'm here because I did these things. And the main thing was I dedicated to myself. So for you, dedicating to yourself is going to look different. And for that guy over there, dedicating to himself, it's going to look different. But I'm here to show you you can. And that's what the gallery and all of my projects that are arms of the gallery are about. Oh, my goodness. It's I, so cool. Oh, it's so <laughs> cool. I got such chills at that story, Ubuntu. Um you don't see that a lot in society, right? It's, it's dog eat dog, hustle centric. Yeah. My value is based on me succeeding. And often that comes at the expense of other people, which also gives people phobias of succeeding because they feel and believe that that's what it has to look like, especially in a Western paradigm or frame. Yes. yes. And the identity is wrapped around it. Yeah. So instead to have your identity wrapped around, we can all thrive together, which is obviously the frame, like the mission and the, the core of your business and what you're yeah. trying to bring to the world. 
I'm just so grateful that we had that opportunity for you to share that story and to have it interwoven with your, your overarching mission here, because that makes life so much more exciting and juicy and fulfilling when you thrive and everyone else around you is thriving. So we are collectively growing and enhancing together. Yes. And we are walking arm in arm. And then yes. when your vibration elevates and everyone else is around you elevates and you're living with high, highly functional humans who are self-responsible and committed to the growth and expansion of themselves and the world around them. Yes. 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 All of it. All of it. Again. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and, and it really, it begins with the, you know, I'm all about Ubuntu and unity and all these things, but it really begins with dedication to yourself. We have to, especially women, especially men also, but in a different way, but we have to let go of the notion that being selfish is a, 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 a horrible thing. The, the, it's not because if I can't dedicate to myself, then I can't be anything to anybody else. If you put me and my children who come first, I come first because I cannot be the mother I need to be to my children unless I tend to my needs. I don't care how it sounds. It is a fact. It is very cliche. They talk about the um, the oxygen the ox the oxygen mask on the plane. First, you put it on yourself, then you put it on the child. I can't be in, I can't be a good wife if I don't take care of myself. I can't be a good friend. I can't assist those in my in my career, we'll call it, whatever, whatever this is that I do, unless I take care of myself. Because then it becomes imbalanced. And that's what everything comes back to, the balance. There's so many things that we touched on today. The chakras and the Ubuntu and the balance and all these things that we could have done a full hour on that. But, <laughs> right, right. But it really, it's just simple. Know your worthiness, love yourself, tend to yourself and your world around you will change. You'll see it. it's always you, right? And I want to make a distinction because what you said is very important about filling up your own cup first or putting on your own oxygen mask first. But this isn't about, it's not about the actions that you take. It's not about let's say you and your kids, let's say you're craving Chinese food and your kids really want like pasta or like, you know, right. It's probably like, you're probably going to give your kids pasta at the expense of your own <laughs> Chinese food, right? right? So it's, it's not, it's when you say that, I just want to make it clear to the audience that yes. you're not talking about these surface things or these, these like physical experiences in reality. It's like, if you, if your kids have a hockey or soccer game, like you probably will move your meeting, right? So that's not yes. the minutia details is what you're saying is no. have strong standards, have strong boundaries, be self-responsible and commit to being a worthy and deserving person in this world because you are yes. and treating yes. yourself that way allows others to treat you that way too. And yes. it teaches your kids that they are worthy and deserving. Yes. Yes. And, and be aware of, of your general beliefs, because we don't really um, look back at our beliefs or look and see if they're still rational or, or if they are rational or if they still serve us, because sometimes we adopt other people's beliefs. But there's a belief, especially again with women, that there's nobility in suffering mm. or that sacrifice, martyrdom, martyrdom or that sacrifice is a way to show love like that is in it woven into the fabric of all of our lives and when you stop and you're like no no love is not about sacrifice about sacrificing yourself because you can't truly love another to your fullest capacity unless you love yourself so yeah. if you're sacrificing your own needs or again on a more global level not the pasta versus Chinese food but if you're sacrificing yourself for another, then you're lacking a self-love there. And again, you may be loving another person at your greatest capacity. But if it's, it could still be, if it's the greatest of your capacity, if that makes sense, but your capacity could be greater if you loved yourself first. 
I hope that was lucid. Was that lucid? Oh, it's yeah. I have the chills. (laughs) Am I a solid citizen? (laughs) I have the chills. (laughs) Body, I do. Oh my gosh. This is such an inspirational conversation and it feels like we're making art through technology and conversation. So I think that that's really cool and very on brand for you and me. (laughs) Artists in different ways. (laughs) Yeah. It's creators. We're creators, Creators. right? Yeah. Everybody's a creator. Everybody, everybody. People don't realize it that even the create people are like, Oh, I'm not an artist. You're creating your life. Everything you do is a creation. If you don't like the creation, well, then the creator needs to change what you're doing. Because when I look around at my life, and this is not a brag, this is actually something that I'm very genuinely proud of. When I look at my life and I see my solid relationships and my relationship with my husband, and I see my children are well-adjusted, and I see the, the, the art that I make and the things that I do, and I'm like, I created all of that. I feel good about that. So if you don't feel good about the world around you, then you need to rethink what you're doing to create that. Mm. Ah, That's a good place to start to wrap up. I actually, Mm -hmm. um, I did this on one of the other podcasts I've, or the one of the other collaboratives that I've done so far Mm -hmm. where I pulled an Oracle card and this deck really called out to me for you because it's fun and playful and has jokes. Oh, yay. Could I pull one for us? Yeah, yeah, do it, do it, do it. Okay, amazing. <laughs> do it now. Do it now. <laughs> so this is affirmators. I love them. They're like, they're so on point, like any Oracle deck. And there's always like a little levity, like woven into <laughs> the cards where you'll see. There's I love that. I love that. And that's another thing, you know, people, we don't have to take life so seriously. Like part of the joy is, I mean, I'm so irreverent. Like I'm really, really a bit of a jerk. Like I like to crack jokes and mock things and it's just part of life. Just have fun, have fun. You know what I mean? If your intentions are pure, who cares? cares? Be yourself. Be yourself. We, yep. You are needed in the fabric of the tapestry. Yes, yes. Okay, okay so a bunch fell out, but I'm not clear. On, oh, there, there's a clear one. Okay. Oh, it's cute. So this is what it looks like. Solidarity. Okay. I respect the power of solidarity and look for opportunities to unleash it. When a loved one has to do something tough, I'll heed their often silent, but sometimes loud and whiny call and participate in the toughness with them. Everything is easier when a partner or cohort or sidekick joins you. The only thing that's not easier is feeling resentment, which I suppose is the overall point. I feel like that's on brand for what we were just talking about. Firstly, Ubuntu, Ubuntu. So you have this idea that we're all the solidarity. We're all in this together, but not at my own self-sacrifice, right? I'm here with you. I'm here in support of you, but not, not at my peril, not at my peril, period. Something, something is flying around my my head right now. I was wondering what was happening. And it literally just came out of nowhere. Oh my. Okay. How do you have bugs? You're in the middle of the tundra. Like what do we- <laughs> spring, spring is coming. Uh, in Toronto, we have like a false spring. And then there will be like another like one to two more snowstorms and then real yeah. spring. Will, there's like yeah. these, there's, so today we're having more of a sunny day. I've noticed that creepy crawlies have started to come out and play. So gotcha. spring is probably coming. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're eyeballing that thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, it flew away. We'll find it again. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was funny because you were talking about like animal symbolism and I said, that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, I gotta, you know, Remember, I'm like, don't go to the internet. Like, look it up. What does it mean? <laughs> Creepy crawlies in the house. <laughs> oh, I have a deal with the universe, actually. Creepy crawlies in the house. So I get sent them sometimes, but I tell the universe, if you send your creepy crawlies here to my home, then I am allowed to kill them. So then yeah. I have a I have a boundary around that. So if creepy crawlies come here and then I dispose of them, if I cannot humanely escort them out, 
easily. I, the universe did not heed my boundaries. So, <laughs> you know, uh, it's so funny that you say that because not too long ago, I had a similar conversation with a friend of mine about bugs. Like we want to be kind to all the things, you know, but if you set a boundary, exactly what you said, I don't want bugs in my house. If the bug doesn't respect that boundary, because again, you put it out, then sorry, sorry, splat. <laughs> <laughs> so if you are um if you are anti-bug killing I I am so sorry but my boundary was crossed yes <laughs> <laughs> now I have to find it but I won't do it on the podcast I'll okay. uh <laughs> well, we appreciate that we we, yeah. we all rejoice <laughs> <laughs> this has been such a pleasure Dana thank you so much um if you are interested in Dana Sardano her vibe, her work. I will make sure to have all of the information in the show notes for you to click upon at your leisure and convenience. Uh, Dana, I did want to give you the last summation of what you feel our audience needs to hear from us today. So any wise words? Uh, you know, I'm just going to stick with, with the plan. You're worthy of all of it. Mm. You just know your worth. And the rest comes easy. Here, here. Okay. So with that being said to our audience, sending all the love, the light, the blessings until next time. <laughs>